No, you haven't got the wrong podcast. It is New Year, new music for the National Pulse podcast. A whole lot of new things, I think, what we'll be uh, introducing this year. Might even make some changes to this intro as well. But welcome. Happy New Year. I know it's way too late to be saying Happy New Year. It's way too late to be doing the first podcast of the new year, but... I assure you, we have been busy, busy over here. I've been changing a lot of things around, and the room I'm sitting in right now is not really even fit to be doing this show out of. But um, welcome to a new episode of The National Pulse. I'm Raheem Kassam, editor-in-chief of thenationalpulse.com. And speaking of the website, we've got a lot of... um, Developments going on there as well, growing the audience. That will be off the back of last year where we, uh, I mean, just just nearly touching 100 million page views to the site. I can't thank you guys enough for sharing our stories out there as much as you do. I really appreciate it, whether it's on traditional social media platforms or our new favorites like getter.com. Uh, I'm very grateful for it. I also am uh, up to my neck in documents at the moment, documentation on stories that we're working on. So keep your eye out for some of our unique investigative reporting. As it's an election year, um, obviously it's going to be a little bit more fraught. A little bit perhaps... Mm, Maybe we'll make some enemies along the way. How about that? <laughs> Ronald McDaniel. Sorry, i got a real, real nasty cough going on there. Um, so welcome to this show. And I'm doing this now on the back of having spoken to a number of people um, across different camps uh, about what is actually going on between uh, Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. Now, I... I don't know if you saw this, probably you did, uh, about a week or so ago. Um, Trump appeared to take a swipe at DeSantis in a One American News interview. I'm just trying to trying to load that up on my laptop now so I can play it for those of you who haven't, uh, haven't yet heard of it. You'd think I'd prep in advance and have all this stuff ready. Oh, no, 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 no. I just uh, just walk in, walk into the, uh, to the makeshift studio here. Let's get going. Um, and so I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to figure out, or I have been trying to figure out um, whether or not this animosity is real. Because as soon as somebody like Jonathan Swan over at Axios starts writing about it, um, you know, my alarm bells start to ring. And I think, mm, maybe this is just what they want rather than what is actually going on. Let's, um, let me see if this clip will play. Let's play, try and play this clip of uh, Trump on One American News last week. It's something out there. But after now so many months of the vaccine being administered and these side effects and Americans' questions of it, do you reconsider your push for it? Or what's your view now on the vaccine in general? Well, I've taken it. I've had the booster. Many politicians, I watched a couple of politicians be interviewed and one of the questions was, did you get the booster? Because they had the vaccine. And they, oh, they're answering it like, in other words, the answer is yes, but they don't want to say it. Because they're gutless. You've got to say it. Whether you had it or not, say it. Right. 
But the fact is that I think the vaccine has saved tens of millions of people throughout the world. Uh, I have had absolutely no side effects. I've had it like other people have had it, nothing special. So let's park the, um, you know, why why does Trump go on about the vaccines thing for a second on that? Because I know there's frustration about that, and I feel it too. But we'll park that for a second, not least because he, he took a different tone in the Florence, Arizona rally. And I think that was in large part due to a lot of the people who were expressing frustration about this. So I, I will come back to it. And I especially want to make mention of the people who I think grift off Trump um, and, and, you know, the Candace Owens of the world who, who make him make statements, pro-vaccine statements in interviews, and then the Daily Wire takes that clip and and pushes it on Facebook, spends money with Facebook, by the way, it gives money to, to the enemy uh, in order to promote this clip of Trump talking about, talking up the vaccines, as if, almost as if, there is some there are some people out there who are interested in, in driving a wedge between Trump and his base. And I'm just saying the Daily Wire was not Trump country, you know, in in early doors 2015. Um, neither were any of its, you know, big name personalities. Um, and you're starting to see similar, similar, I wouldn't say never Trump, because a lot of these people had to tuck it between their legs, right? Um, but original never Trumpers, the Glenn Becks of the world, who kind of are now creeping back around but they don't know which camp they really sit in a lot of you who follow me on social media certainly those of you who are in our discord chat channel know about my frustrations with ted cruz of late and all of the all of the just dreadful things that that are going on behind the scenes here so let's let's just park all of that for a second because there's so much there and I'll we'll we'll all we'll end up talking about this for hours and hours on end this year believe me um but that clip right there where he says I've seen some politicians not wanting to talk about it they're gutless well it was a pretty obvious dig at DeSantis I know I know a lot of people are trying to find ways that it isn't but DeSantis is really the only big political figure on the national stage who has been accused of hiding his booster status, right? That was happening in December. Trump obviously saw those and, uh, you know, took a swipe, as he is welcome to do, I think. Frankly, I don't necessarily believe that we all have to be, I mean, if you follow me on social media you'll know this about me, I don't feel like we always have to be nice to one another. If we feel robustly about something, then, then let it be known. Um, there's a lot of bit, a lot of people out there who will say, "Well, it's overblown." Yeah, probably a little bit, but it's it's an election year ahead of an election year. You know what I mean? Like it's uh, this is this is the making of the 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 nouveau maga movement, whatever it's going to look like. That is being forged and fashioned before our eyes right now. So there's obviously going to be tension this year, and this isn't this isn't it. Like this isn't this is just the beginning of it. So if you don't have the stomach to see, you know, some blue on blue here, you're going to be disappointed over the course of the next year or so because cast your mind back to 2015 and the 17 and 18 or whatever it was, candidates on that stage tearing chunks out of one another. Um, you know, I'm not saying you're going to see it that um, that widely spread, but you're going to see it. 
Uh, and this is this is one of the um, flashpoints, the early flashpoints of it. Now, before doing this um, show with you guys today, I decided to do some research um, of my own into whether or not this is real. And it is. It is at least from Trump's side, is what I'm told. Um, so I talked to number of people this morning in Trump MAGA world and yeah it's it's a thing the the way I'm explained you know what is really going on here is and 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 by the way to DeSantis's credit he said about all of this that this is a media game and don't take the bait that's why I, I, I say it's, well, it's one of the reasons why I say main, it's mainly from Trump's end. Um, I'm told, very reliably, um, that uh, President Trump is upset that, about two things with DeSantis. Uh, number one, and I haven't just spoken to one source about this, by the way, um, I maybe four or five in the last 16 hours. Number one, is that Trump apparently feels upset that Ron DeSantis has never really gone out of his way to thank him for Ron DeSantis's success. And not unfair thing to say, really. I mean, I don't think DeSantis would have won that gubernatorial election without Trump's involvement. And I, so I think, you know, there's, there's a fair element there uh, if Trump genuinely believes that there hasn't been enough um, gratitude or, or even reciprocity, um, then all right, maybe you feel maybe you feel a little aggrieved. I don't know if you feel so aggrieved that you talk, you, you know, you end up calling somebody gutless um, on a friendly news channel about it. But it's Donald Trump. It's not like it's not like we haven't known him to throw the baby out with the bathwater before. Um, and and personal grievances are obviously extremely meaningful to him what did he what did he call steve bannon sloppy steve and then a couple of couple of years later is pardoning him and singing his praises again so you know that's that's the way he is and that's that's the rough and tumble of the business business world and climate he's been in all of his life i get it i'm pretty much like that too um i am known for being wantonly uh, aggressive and offensive and then and then the next moment you know, wanting a hug or whatever. And I I can see it. I can understand it if he feels if he feels that way. He should just kind of address it privately, but again, probably probably doesn't want <laughs> probably doesn't want to be seen as wanting the thanks, even though that's now gonna be, you know, common knowledge down the feathers, as we say. Um the second part of it is this apparent refusal by DeSantis to totally rule himself out of a presidential run might be this time might be next time whatever it is um and again understandable that that trump might be um uh, you know unbeknownst chagrin might be occurring here but at the same time i i actually do have a lot of sympathy to DeSantis in this regard because you know let's just say this perish the thought knock on wood you know something happens to trump that rules him out you know let's say something Maybe there's a health thing. Maybe he just doesn't want to. I don't know, right? But let's just say 
He doesn't want to. Well, why, if you're DeSantis, and you are probably the next most popular candidate down for that position, um, besides Trump himself, why would you want to give your opposition the ammunition of saying that you don't want it right now? Because then all that happens, again, this is a, this is a theory is if, it, if Trump doesn't run or can't run or whatever it is, um, you know, again, I'm not sure he's crossing many public roads by himself, but, you know, he could get hit by a bus and, or, or an Iranian missile, apparently. Um, but why would you, if you're DeSantis, want statements on the record out there that allows Democrats and allows the media to, to try and tell the public that you didn't want to do this in the first instance and that you're maybe now only just doing it because the pathway is a little easier. That doesn't, that doesn't make sense. There are, no, there are no real upsides to DeSantis like fundamentally, concretely declaring himself out um, of, of wanting to be president of the United States. And there's no, I don't think there's any reason that he should. Um, Jesse Kelly, I think, I, I saw before I hit the play button on the new, the wonderful new music here, um, seems to be in agreement with me over this as well. Uh, I'm just going to try and find some of his um, tweets about this earlier on. And of course, people are going to say, oh, you guys are just sowing division. Why can't we all just be together and get along and all that stuff? Nobody's trying to sow division, but division is sometimes just completely unavoidable. You can't pretend like there isn't going to be some level of, of, of competition here between these men. And and why shouldn't there be, right? Like, this is this is the thing I think people... And we'll talk about the, the, the Arizona rally in just a second. Let me, let me make a mental note of that, uh, because I do want to get into that. Uh, but Jesse Kelly, like, earlier today, he says this... Quote, a lot of people are going to hate where this is going. People have these dreams of a Trump-DeSantis team. Never going to happen. Trump expects a coronation. Will not share a spotlight. Neither will DeSantis. They're on an inevitable collision course. Might as well get it over with. Um, yeah, I don't know about collision course. I don't know if the... Co- I don't know if colliding is the right analogy, but they're definitely they're definitely not on the same track. I also don't necessarily agree that there can't be a Trump DeSantis team, but it would it would take a gargantuan lift by both sides, and it would also take a compromise by both sides um, that isn't really in the character of either men. Now we all know about Donald Trump's character flaws, so I don't really need to talk about those. Um, they're sort of irrelevant, and and you buy them with the with all the good, right? You accept them. DeSantis also, I'm told, has has flaws in a similar fashion. Um, is is quite well known for being. I don't know if there's a better a better way to say this. Not like rude in person with you, but like like um, I'm trying to think of the right wording for this less than thoughtful maybe less than sensitive um known for leaving people a little bit in the lurch not returning calls things like that i'm not speaking from personal experience i've never tried to call ron DeSantis, um but so i hear you know and so both of these men have a little bit of the um you know a bit rough around the edges the way we like them right uh but Again, to go back to one of Jesse Kelly's tweets, he did this 22 hours ago, and I, I kind of regret waiting so long to do this episode. And I was saying to one of our members the other day, um, if you didn't know, the National Pulse is run by memberships. You can go to fundrealnews.com to uh, 
help us grow and help us do more reporting and keep the site going and keep these podcasts coming. If if the podcasts aren't coming thick and fast enough for you, it's because you're not going thick and fast enough to fund realnews.com, okay? And we'll just put that out there. <laughs> I wish I'd done this earlier. I was talking to one of our members last Friday, and I was saying the problem with me is I think about these things for so long. Like, I'll take a week to think about this issue and explore with my sources, talk these things through, try and get my head around them, understand them, I get the right wording together. And by the time I've done all that, you know, because I'm a little bit old school like this, by the time I've done all that, everybody's tweeted everything I was going to say anyway. Um, but I hope I hope this is providing some value. Even if Jesse Kelly said this 22 hours ago, he said, quote, the best thing that could happen to Donald Trump and his faith would be a Ron DeSantis primary challenge. Trump needs it, needs to get sharp again, needs to get back on message. A formidable primary challenger helps with that without it, not sure he can win, end quote. Again, I don't necessarily agree with the end of that without it, not sure he can win i do have my reservations about a lot of what's going on behind the scenes his political operation specifically that i think is a question for another time um but you know my my political strategist political consultant hat on which is which has been you know a job i've done on repeat in my life um at, at times where it's needed to happen says that yes i mean that's absolutely right i talked about this several months ago i don't know if you remember my tweets i said there can't be a coronation there has to be a debate stage and as much as i hate the things ted cruz has been doing lately you know apart from quizzing that fbi uh deputy assistant director or whatever it was cruz has been that absolute shit show um lately but even i think even he should be on a debate stage right like i think put them all up there as far as i'm concerned and and to jesse's point let trump sharpen up and that brings me on to florence i think it was florence right arizona now obviously wonderful to hear from see the man i gotta tell you i wasn't particularly wrapped or gripped by this rally and i'll explain myself and by the way you know you are fully within your rights to 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 disagree with me let me know in the comments on whatever podcast platform you use um if you're a member at the national pulse um at fundrealnews.com you can come into the discord chat channel i'm in there several times a day you can let me know in there uh you know this is a this is a process no one person i don't think has the answer to, to to winning next time around. But I think we need to have these uncomfortable conversations, right? In Stuquilinus in Vinator. Only in the filth will you find the truth. Um, I didn't like it, honestly. Like, opening up the rally with, like, you know, obviously we won this day and, you know, it was a disaster. And it's just like... People have been waiting out there for hours and hours and hours. Obviously, some of us waiting at home for an hour, hours and hours, waiting for the thing to come on, anticipating. I didn't do this podcast last week because I was waiting to see what he said. And I'm glad that I waited because I got to see him not hyping the vaccines for once, which was ni- a nice break. But isn't that a low-hanging bar? A lo- sorry, a low bar, right? Like, if, if, that's, if that's our big takeaway from the rally, like, woo, at least he didn't hype the big pharma vaccines this time around, then something fundamentally is wrong. Something fundamentally isn't correct. Um, and I think this comes down a little bit to his political operation. I don't know who wrote that speech for him, but if you're listening to this, please give me a call. It wasn't particularly well-structured. 
Um, I don't mind when he goes off on tangents, by the way. I think it's when you get the best Trump, but it wasn't, I don't know. It just, it felt like bullet points rather than rather than anything else that, that, you know, a narrative, a journey. And I saw people tuning out, like even people standing behind him. If you think I'm wrong, go back and watch it. Watch the footage. People behind him just kind of looking at their phones and taking selfies and not really tuned into what he's saying because he's not saying anything particularly gripping. So you open with, okay, you know, the grievance. Fine, I get it. We all get it, by the way. An election was stolen, right? You don't need to remind us. <laughs> you need to remind us of how we're going to fix it. Not that we're aggrieved about it. Um, bring Carrie Lake up. Wonderful. Love Carrie Lake. That moment was really good. Uh, note that it was the first moment that people were cheering anyone's name was Carrie Lake's there. Um, and then just kind of this like, yeah, we've got this economy crisis. We got all these crises going on. Afghanistan, Ukraine, Kim Jong-un firing the missiles. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We get it, man. Like, I get it. Um, but where's the, you know, where's that, where's that? I remember watching Trump. I was, the first time I ever saw him, uh, was pure by purely by accident, kismet, happenstance, luck. Um, was in Vegas for Freedom Fest, and he was speaking to an almost predominantly libertarian audience. And I thought to myself, "There's no way this man can walk in not a libertarian." Uh, very much having had been a, a, a Democrat, albeit perhaps more a blue dog Democrat all of his life, and then moving into being sort of a nationalist conservative, but then one of the first major speeches at Freedom Fest, which is a room full of, I mean, half that room was high, <laughs> but nothing wrong with that. Um, and he did, he rocked the house. But it was because it wasn't grievance-oriented, it was... There was positivity, there was optimism, there was charm, there was gregariousness, there was bravura, um, swagger, right? Swagger is what he had everywhere. Everywhere he went, every speech he gave. And towards the end of his uh, presidency, the first uh, term, the campaign itself... You started to see that wane. I remember standing in the biting cold in Pennsylvania on top of some sort of hill. One of the worst places I think you could have held a, a rally in the winter. I mean, I may have never been that cold in my life. Uh, I say that all the time when I'm cold, by the way. Um, and I remember like, lock, I was second row. So right, in, right, in, right next to him. I was to his right. And I remember sort of locking eyes with him at one point, and he looked like just sort of you know when he looks at you for the for the people that have been in these rallies and these rooms with him, you know when he looks at you, he doesn't look away immediately. He kind of like holds your gaze for a second just to try and to try and understand what you're thinking. And I kind of gave this like I mean I don't suspect he particularly knows who I am, but. I kind of gave this like knowing nod and like a, a a soft thumbs up because they were playing some video behind him at that point in time and it was it was all right you know it was, it was a campaign video I don't get particularly excited about videos that political consultants put together anymore um, but he sort of looked at me like like is this good cool or good are we good. And it was like the first time I met him, you know, in his apartment, that famous picture of me and Nigel going up the uh, 
the elevator at Trump Tower, it was that same kind of feeling. He wasn't quite sure whether the thing felt right. The thing that he first said to me um, was, you know, he looks at us and he goes, so is this a big deal? And we just kind of looked at each other and we were like, what was he talking about? The election? The election he just won? Like, against all odds? Like, we were just sort of like, um, I think it was, I think, I think it was me. It might have been Nigel who said, uh, is, is what a big deal, Mr. President-elect? And he goes, the election, the victory, is this a big deal? And we were like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's quite a big deal, man. Like, you know, um, not a small deal by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and it was kind of that look, you know, is this, is, this, is this a big deal? Is this a good rally? Is this going well? How's the campaign going? I know I'm probably reading way too much into a look. I was probably just trying to read what was on my hat. Um, but I felt it nonetheless. Um, and, you know, in those moments, I felt like he was tired. And I felt like he, he was so over the business of government. He was so over the business of these fools around him, like the, the, the Millies and honestly, the Jared Kushners and, and that kind of thing. But I don't know if there's a reason for him to be tired right now. Um, and, so, and so there's something else that wasn't right there. Um, production note for that rally. Um, don't shine the light so bright on your principal that he has to tuck his hat low and that the light and the, the the letters on the hat shine brighter than the than the principal's face. Whoever's advancing that rally needs a slap on their wrist. Uh, it's probably one of my friends, and I'm going to get into shit for saying this. Um, but the people behind him, as well on the risers, were wearing sunglasses at night in the evening um, and tucking their hats low and they were all looking off to the side because the lights were so bright so they couldn't even look at the guy so they couldn't I said they weren't attentive they couldn't be attentive uh, and things like that make a difference like you've done if you've done enough political events and rallies and things like that as I have in my life I mean we're talking about into the hundreds here uh, being part of production teams for events like that um walking every single inch of a venue um looking for wires that people might trip over looking for where the shadow lands on on the principal right the person on the stage uh looking looking at mics one of the things that that people used to do a lot and i think nigel got in trouble for this once as well uh this was either before me or after me it would have never happened on my watch because i look for things like this you know those little mics sort of look like look like a uh, a fingertip that's on a little um on a little straw it's just kind of a tiny little nub right well uh if you put that in front of your mustache area as a man it looks like a hitler mustache and photographers especially liberal left photographers which is all photographers um will that's unfair unfair um will go out of their way to get that shot and to sell that shot to the newspapers and stuff like that and they didn't do that at this rally i'm just saying like i've looked for things like this all my life uh all my political life and and i as soon as i turned that rally on i was like yeah this this isn't right like they haven't done this properly this isn't like the old school big massive rallies why have I been? Why have I been now talking about you know the particulars of of political events for the last seven or eight minutes, uh, or four minutes if you're listening to this on two times speed? 
which you should be, is because all of that stuff matters. You have to get all of those things correct, and you have to have the right people in place. If you don't have the right people in place who aren't concerned about getting all of those things correct, then they don't care enough about the candidate. That's just a fact. That is just a fact. And we can all we can all go, yeah, 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 you know, Trump did it without all the fancy pants rally stuff one time around, right? That's absolutely true. If you want to go back to the absolute, you know, bare bones campaign, fine, 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 fine. Like, I actually think he might thrive under those circumstances. Um, but you can't have a halfway house, right? You can't do it on the cheap and expect it to look big and razzmatazzy. I like that word, razzmatazzy. Um, so anywho, you see there are all sorts of things going on here. You can tell I've thought about them probably way too much. So I'll, I'll leave it at that for the time being. But but those are the two reasons that I understand that there is this Trump animosity towards DeSantis. Number one, doesn't feel that DeSantis has been grateful enough. I think Trump did three or four or maybe five rallies, events for him, fundraisers, that kind of thing. Uh, and then and, and he likes gratitude, Trump, you know. And if you're DeSantis and, and you know that about the guy, which you should, and at least his team should, then maybe, maybe there is something missing there. Maybe you do owe a letter. I don't know. I don't know if there's been one, whatever. Maybe Trump wants five. I don't know. But that's one of the reasons I'm given and at length. I've heard about this at length from multiple people now. And two is he wants him to declare out of the race. And maybe he will. Maybe he will. I don't know. But I don't I don't think there's any legitimate reason that he should. I don't think there's any legitimate reason he shouldn't be on, on the debate stage. Uh, I know Floridians will be mad at me for saying that. Uh, some others will be mad at me for saying that. But... Um, well, that's that, okay? So we're 30 minutes in, and I just want to spend uh, a little bit of time, five, maybe 10 minutes, talking to you about what's going on in the United Kingdom at the moment, because I think it's desperately intriguing, um, and I need to put a marker down. I've been putting some markers down, but I need to put a marker down um, on in my voice where people can hear this. Um, so this audience, you guys who have listened to this podcast now for, for, for the last year, you will know we did three shows about Carrie Johnson. What ends up happening? Well, the British government is on its knees really right now. The Boris Johnson government is on its knees right now as a result of Carrie or people Carrie brought into the government. Everything we said has turned out to be exactly true. And I understand that back at the time, it might have seemed weird. It might have even seemed boring, especially to an American audience. Um, but th- remember, this is one of your one of your staunchest allies in the world. It's certainly uh, your your mother country in a lot of ways and uh i also think that, that a lot of a lot of precedent is set in the united kingdom that ends up coming up coming over here not just the other way around so boris is on his last legs as prime minister now could he could he withstand a leadership challenge yes sure uh, only because what the conservative party and i'm not going to go into the particulars unless you really want me to in which case again leave a comment let me know in the in the Discord, whatever, about how uh, a leadership election works in the United Kingdom. But what would happen is, effectively, um, enough members of Parliament on the Conservative benches would have to file uh, letters with the requisite committee chairman, in this case the 1922 committee chairman, uh, bringing a vote of no confidence in, in the leader of the party. Uh, if that happens, then there is a leadership election. Boris is uh, eligible to run again in that leadership election, but effectively, a, a political party gets to choose the next prime minister of the country. And 
this is this is how it's been you know this is how so many prime ministers get their job now is not actually popular election it is a party internal election uh that decides it's, it's really bizarre to people who don't um who aren't familiar with it and it's really very normal and boring uh to the people who are uh familiar with it but boris could survive if there were that vote of no confidence and a leadership election it could survive um and that is because the Conservative Party has lukewarm, tepid, milquetoast candidates to offer. People like Liz Truss, massive LGBT advocate, Conservative Party, you know, frontrunner, ridiculous. Um, Sunak, Rishi Sunak, neoliberal, uh, total milquetoast, um, you know, really more concerned about free markets than anything else, than conserving anything, than family than dignity, than community, uh, all of the things we've we've got to know is far more important than GDP. And, um, you know, now you've got someone like Steve Baker, who is a, a libertarian neoliberal, who's marching around pretending to uh, have the mantle of, of popular conservatism in the United Kingdom. And, and, and this is you know, effectively who the who the leadership election would come down to. So the Conservative Party would give give themselves, not even give the nation, give themselves the choice between, you know, their most ardent LGBT activist, Liz Truss, um, GDP-obsessive Rishi Sunak, and, um, you know, libertarian, neoliberal um, Steve Baker. And I just think, what an absolute disaster. I mean, worse... Remember when we thought... God, it just can't, it just can't keep happening. Um, you thought... I thought, can't be worse than David Cameron. Oh, they end up with Theresa May. Can't be worse than Theresa May. Oh, end up with Carrie Johnson. Sorry, Boris. Carrie's the real prime minister. Um, can't get worse than Carrie Johnson. This cacophony of, of clowns. Right? And this is the modern Conservative Party. This is the problem. I mean, this is why they've lost about 15 points in the polls in the last two months alone, you know, given all of the scandal as well. But really, people are looking at them and going, what, what are you people? And then you look at the opposite benches over there. You look at Keir Starmer and the Labour Party. I mean, total, total, I mean, I, I, <laughs> words escape me and for those of you that know me well that doesn't happen very often but i suppose what i want to say is holy fuck apologies if you've got children in the room never use language like that kids but for when you're talking about britain's conservative party or rather british politics as a whole um and you know for somebody like me who will probably go back to live there at some point in my life it's it's my home country i look at this and i just cringe again cringe is probably a mild way of putting it 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 is atrocious what is going on there right now we'll get into it in 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 you know a a more detailed way uh, in another episode, but I just wanted to lay a marker down there because I don't want people get li- starting li- just like what happened with Boris. There'll Steve Baker and these guys will start doing the media outreach. You might see some of these people on Fox News soon. You go, oh, here, this guy's going to save Britain. I actually even fear that Nigel's going to end up endorsing somebody like Steve Baker. I, I, not for me. No, sir. Thank you very much. Need a conservative candidate. A few come to mind. You know, the Esther McVeigh's of the world. 
perhaps the John Redwoods of the world, the Graham Bradys of the world. Um, we haven't heard anything from them yet, but please, please, I'm so desperate for my fellow countrymen not to fall into the same trap yet again. I warned you about Boris. I'm warning you again. These people are not your friends. They are not conservatives. They do not care about your communities. They care about the GDP figures, the big corporate profits, and gay marriage. <laughs> I want to thank all of our new members. If you come over to fundrealnews.com or go to thenationalpulse.com and click on the link that says exclusive membership at the top of the page. I want to thank Susan. Oh, gosh. Somebody's got a hard name. I don't know how to pronounce this. Zochilt? Zochi? Sorry. Um, Christopher, Natalie, Craig, Tabitha, Andy, Mary, Colleen, Roan, Nancy, Way, Doreen, Rommel, Virginia, Marianne, Alexander, Catherine, William, Jason, Gerald, Shh. That is a name. Shh. I'm not telling you to shh. Patricia, Mary, Beth, David, Morgan, Joanne, Denise, Lisa, Don, Audrey, Marcia, Regina, Philip, John, Jamie, Carolyn, Curtis, Ellie. Thank you, and I'll see you next time.